I'm Mike Vardy. Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. Welcome to the world of 1Password, where your entire company can generate strong, unique passwords, store them securely, and access them across any device without ever needing a reset. Imagine never having to click Forgot Password again. With 1Password's award-winning design, managing passwords becomes a breeze for you and your entire team. It's trusted by millions, including top companies like IBM and Slack. Here's the best part. My listeners can try 1Password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepasswordcom slash ConVo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with 1Password. Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products. Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet, which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now... You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. And this is the Productivityist Podcast.
welcome to the Productivityist Podcast. I am your host, Mike Vardy, and this week on the show, we have Derek Flansreich of Greatest on the show, and we're talking about his what he does uh, as the CEO and founder of Greatest, how he works with his team, how he helps keep them productive, how he stays productive, and what the motivation was behind making Greatest happen. I'm actually going to have Derek on the show again in the not-too-distant future because there's a lot more to talk about. But I like to keep these episodes fairly short and brief, just like these introductions. So I'll have more for you after we get through this discussion. But right now, here is my conversation with Derek Flansreich of Greatest here on the Productivityist Podcast. I'd like to welcome Derek Flansreich to the Productivityist Podcast. Derek, thanks for joining me this week on the show. No problem. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Mike. So greatest it's funny i love the idea of of the ist at the end of any word um you i don't know right. if you, you probably gathered that <laughs> from the name of the show yeah uh, from the name of my website but i uh, you are the you are the founder and ceo of greatest and greatest is it, it's a i want you to describe it because when i first found greatest and we're talking like how, how many years has greatest been around now for five yeah so when i first saw it I was, it was, I found it around the time that I was looking at uh, Corbett Bard's Expert Enough, and I had just, you know, Work Awesome was still just, I think I had just left Work Awesome or was leaving Work Awesome at the time. And so um, that kind of vernacular kind of entered my mind of like, what's the, oh, greatest, this is, and you, and you, and greatest kind of burst onto the scene. So what is greatest? And of course, I'm going to point to it in the show notes and tell me why, why you, founded greatest in the first place yeah totally well they're very sort of inextricably tied um both parts of your question so i you know i grew up the biggest kid in the class struggling with my weight uh and growing up i felt powerfully like the magazines i opened the tv shows i turned on the google searches that i did it felt like time and time again everything that i was turning to wasn't really on my side and you know, made me feel worse about myself instead of better. I was really struck by this notion. I felt like there was a big tide coming. Um, you know, I'm a part of, I'm a millennial, so, uh, you know, guilty as charged. Um, and I felt like millennials, my friends, we were starting to shift the way we thought about health, moving away from really health and fitness being the point and more to just being a part of living this better, happier, longer, more awesome life. But I was struck by how few brands out there, how few influencers really spoke to that and felt like they were actually empowering me to improve instead of making me feel bad about what I could never accomplish. And so I was really just struck by that. It became a personal passion of mine as I started to struggle. I you know, still struggle with my health, but got a little bit better at, at my health. I, I became sort of the go-to that my friends would, would come to for advice and it became a real personal passion of mine. Um, and then on the extreme end, a few years ago, I got six pack abs in six weeks and wrote about it for greatest. And I talked about what that looked like and I did it. I accomplished them. I had never met anybody who'd actually gotten six pack abs in six <laughs> weeks. Uh, I didn't know if it was possible. It is, but it was miserable. And so I wrote about how terrible that experience was and how, when I was at what you know most people would think is the most extreme sort of the extreme end of health, at least superficial health, I've never actually felt less healthy and more sad and more alone and more miserable. And so 
I'm convinced that there is this middle world of people who aren't like traditional media have depicted them that aren't either a couch potato who's a, a failure and a loser or the perfect flawless athlete who's a winner, but people in between who are just trying to get better and who are actively working to improve and who've adopted this sort of mindset of how do I think of health in a healthy way, do what's right for me, what's good for me, and not what everyone tells me to do. And that those people are greatest. I felt like there was not a word for people in between. And I felt like that was kind of bullshit. And I felt like it should be a word, a community, a lifestyle for anybody who's just trying to get better. And so that's, that's why we're called greatest is in many ways because I today am sitting smack dab in the middle and because I've been, I think, on both extremes and this middle part is the best way for long-term success. And so my belief, right, is that if you actually adopt healthy habits that are good for you and do them because you actually want to do them, that you'll stick with them. And that's the whole point of this. So anyway, long answer to your relatively simple question, but that is both why I started Greatest, why I'm obsessed with this opportunity and this mission to change the way people think about health and why we're called Greatest. It's not just a misspelling. No, and, and I think it's really important that that I noticed that when I when productivityists started to kind of when people started to pay attention to the term productivityist, and for me it was about the same kind of thing, you know. I mean there's there you don't have to be uh getting as many things done as possible to be a productivity. You just need to be getting the right things done, right? And I think that was a lot right. of what, what happened there. And so to create some kind of um, ownership surrounding that, uh, you could say label, that's fine. But if it's a label that people want to own and they feel great about it, no pun intended, then why not? But one of the things I found um, interesting about the the fact that, and we were talking about this before we started recording, is that millennials are now the, 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 the we you guys take up, more uh, of the population than any generation on the planet. The boomers are no longer the reigning uh, champion. So have fun. Yeah, with, and I said this before, and I'll say it again. We did it. Yeah, have fun. We're with, coming. Have fun with supporting all of them, but <laughs> all the boomers. But that'll be that. that the funny thing is, as a Gen Xer, because I'm I'm in the middle. That's the you talked about being in the middle, right? Like, so my right. generation is in the middle, and I grew up in the era of. And I, I know you're not too far far removed, but I grew up in the era where. It, you are what you had. You know what I mean? A lot of that was a surrounding, like the 80s. The 80s was all about let's how much stuff can we acquire so that we are, you know, we, we can either keep up with the Joneses or can can have that status that makes us, quote, happy or great. You're, 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 you're focused more on, and I love the, the, the take on health versus wealth that you talk about. You know, wealth wealth is, I think, how do you actually, how do you define wealth? Because, I mean, you talked about a little bit, I think, I think you kind of led into it a little bit with you talking about the six, six weeks at, uh, worth of ab work where, you know, you may have been incredibly, quote, healthy, quote, but you weren't exactly feeling great about it. So how do you define wealth? Because I'd love to hear your thoughts on wealth yeah. versus health, because I think wealth is so much more than, you know, the, the amount of money you have in your bank account. Well, that's right. I mean, so, so some people say health is the new wealth. I actually think that they are distinctly different concepts. And, you know, we've got this stat we use a lot because we, we think it properly depicts the almost extraordinary difference between gener this generation and generations in the past. 
73% of millennials would rather be healthy than wealthy. And so they are making that distinction here too. Millennials are actively choosing to invest more into health and wellness and move spending their have elsewhere into health and wellness, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and, and they are willing to give up what we've traditionally thought of as wealth. So, you know, let's say money um, and resources and time to invest in their health because I think truly it's about being happy. And we talk a lot at Greatest about, you know, but look, millennials are want to buy experiences, not products. Millennials want to buy from from brands that are are aligned with their sort of morals and their their code of life, um, they want to buy from those kind of brands more than they want to stand buy from other brands. Like there's this there's this new shift in how they are actively thinking about yeah spending, which you know, a, a, and how they're prioritizing. So I think anyway, I think health is not about eating healthy or working out. It's actually not about what you're doing, but why you're doing it. The why is the key because millennials also love their indulgences and love to Instagram all this crazy, like unreal, not healthy food and love tasty on, on Facebook. And so, you know, there's this, it's, it's, it's okay suddenly to eat, a, to eat lots of Oreos if that's actually what you want to do right now. But if what you want to do is eat broccoli and you eat Oreos, then that's maybe what's not okay. It's a kind of an odd, but exciting, I think, forward, truly forward moving thing. Uh, because it's, this is the right direction for it all to go. Because what is wealth but a means to lead to, you know, it should be a means to, you know, point people in the right direction to being happy. Right. I was, I was listening to the Scott Adams book, um, How to Fail, uh, and such a long title, I can never remember the title offhand. But um, he talks about wealth and what happens with wealth is now that he's like, you know, got more money than he knows what to do with, he's more generous. He's more thoughtful. He's more intentional with it as opposed to, he says the majority of people are like that. You only hear about the ones that, that aren't. Uh, you don't hear about the ones that, that are necessarily, you know, um, you know, giving back. And, and I mean, you hear them, but it's, they're overshadowed by the, you know, the, the, those that, that are more into, you know, serving themselves. And I think uh, it's funny, we talk about uh, minimalism a lot. I actually had Joshua Becker on the show just recently, the author of More of Less. And he, I mean, the idea of minimalism is portrayed as one thing uh, by by a larger group of people. And I, I mean, the media is one of those groups. And yet, when you read about the core aspects of minimalism, it's not about owning less, it's about owning intentionally. Right. Yeah, that's right. And I think that that's that's something that your site really conveys because what you if you look at greatest and, and I want to get into the behind the scenes components of greatest for sure, like sure. what goes on at greatest.com. But if I mean, it's 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 a beautiful website. The articles are straight and to the point, like one of the things that I mean, you go to the live section, right? And expert advice range from, you know, is it normal to feel so anxious? And then the other one is how much masturbation is too much. So it's not like you're 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 covering things that that you know are questions that are are deep in different ways. And I think that that's something that you know if you want to be great, and you uh, I'll also link to how to be a greatest because I want you to talk about that. But that that kind of um, depth, searching for for depth over speed, I think is something that someone who's a greatest would want. Correct. 
Yeah, I mean, and, and we think of that, we think of that as like our, our company mantra too, right? So, you know, we often talk about, you know, today greatest, you know, I talked very high level. I mean, greatest today is a next gen media company, right? We mm -hmm. produce content, people read content, consume our content, share our content, ideally take action and change their lives because of our content. But, you know, it, it, it's, we are a media company today and the, but we are unlike almost every other media company uh, of our of our sort of size and reach. We produce a really tiny amount of content. We are all about quality over quantity. You know, you said depth. You know, we're all about depth over breadth. I mean, we are trying to write the best article on every subject, not a lot of articles on any subject. And that is, I think, been a huge part of our success. Not to mention every fact is cited by a scientific study from PubMed and every article is approved by multiple experts if it needs it. So, you know, we are extremely trusted and legitimate, but the real differentiator for us is that we're taking these topics and we're talking about them in like an authentic, a really authentic, empowering, sort of accessible, unafraid voice. Uh, and that that's what we that's what I think really is what stands out, frankly, for us. Let's talk about productivity now, because in order to do that kind of depth, uh, you know, and dive in, it involves obviously be focusing on that quality, focusing on the idea of, uh, you know, great work comes from not just, you know, there's a very big differentiating factor between good work and great work. I want to talk about uh your personal insights into productivity because I mean obviously you're on a show about productivity. So how do you how do you uh, view productivity in terms of what you do on a personal level? And, and you mean we're talking about work and life because obviously with greatest it's not just about work, it's about you know the integration or the harmony between both. So how do you you know kind of uh, try to get the the right things done? What what's your process behind that? I am a little insane about this. <laughs> this is what I'm really excited to talk about. <laughs> I mean, I, I really am a little like probably on the far end of believing like every second I spend, you know, look, I have an, I am grateful and I've been gifted this chance to build a business that has the, I literally am crazy enough to believe has the opportunity to shift and change the way people think about their health. And so any second that I'm spending that's not helping me do that better is a wasted second. And every part of my life is kind of built around optimizing the, the times in which I'm working. And that's, that's not to say that I work all the time, actually just the opposite. Um, but I'm pretty intense. I mean, I over-prepare for every single moment. I have a schedule that's like, you know, I'm time blocked out and constantly evolving like every single day and which periods of time I'm the most productive for me to do meetings, which periods of time I'm most productive to actually do real work. You know, I time block emails. So I'm actually doing them in big chunks uh, a couple times a day instead of all day long. I mean, I'm really, I have a notebook where I'm like, I've got insane to-do lists. Um, I'm definitely... I mean, I'm the kind of person who like plans out his Sunday, like I in advance um, to the like 15 minute mark. I, I mean, I really, and I do that because 
I found, and you know, this morning I woke up, I worked out, which I know that probably doesn't sound like a surprise, but I haven't actually done that for quite a long time. Uh, I woke up, you know, I wake up now at 6 a.m. in the morning, I work out, uh, I do work, and then by the time I'm in the office at around like 9, 10, I'm done, I'm done with work. Like it's time to start drinking, you know? But, <laughs> but even the food that I eat, the food that I eat, you know, the time that I, I meditate, right? All of that is sort of in service of when I'm staring at my computer or I'm in a meeting that I'm at my absolute best. So that's the day-to-day. How do you go beyond that? Like, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, it, you, you've, you're very much a – it's interesting. You're, you're a hybrid of quantifiable and quali- qualifiable, you know, qualitative and quantitative, which I think is important. Time chunking I've talked about before. Um, have you found let, – let's, let's, let's dive into the bigger picture stuff and then we'll go – we'll talk about, yeah. you know, the, the, the flexibility or that you find maybe with, with, with your, your approach. So when it comes to the bigger picture stuff, you're building like this big, big, big empire. You know, we're not just – we're not talking about just greatest but I mean your life. Your life is kind of an empire to a certain extent too, right? Like yeah. how, how do you – how do you go bigger beyond that? Because, I mean, obviously – the day-to-day kind of feeds into it, but what what is your process behind making sure that the long-term kind of, um, you know, high-level stuff uh, gets gets taken care of on a regular basis and that you always are kind of, every time, I mean, The Rock came out with something this week called The Rock Clock, and he's got this alarm clock app that actually just came out yesterday, the day we were uh, recording this. I don't know if you saw it, but it's... Uh, it's I downloaded it. Yeah. <laughs> I love The Rock. Yeah, The Rock's awesome. I'm a, 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 a pro wrestling fan, so I mean, to see him do stuff, like, see what he's doing is is, is really cool. But I've how been do you trying how to do... get The Rock to be a, a greatest, a, a greatest for a long time? Yeah, he's he's pretty. I'd say I mean, he is a greatest. But... He is. He is. He's. You know. I mean, he. But the thing is, I mean, it's funny. I, I think that you look at somebody like him, and he's definitely an inspiration. Yeah. Uh you know, he's got so much on the go that you wonder how he does it all. So that'll be my next question. But how do you think beyond, how do you think beyond the, the, like, how do you push for the monthly and the yearly and the, and the beyond that? How do you make sure that those things are getting fed and and fueled uh, on a regular basis? Probably the biggest way that I do that is every six months, I take a week completely off email and I do it. I do a solo vacation a couple times. Uh, the first time I went, I went and stayed at a castle in Scotland, like a B and B. It turns out there's every B and B in Scotland is a castle, but uh, I'm kind of <laughs> obsessed with castles. It, it's a long. Um, I'm pretty obsessed with like dragons and castles and knights and all that stuff, and right. I've always been. But so I wanted to stay in a castle. I did it, and so now I call it my castlecation. So every six months, for a week. I go on a castlecation. Nobody hears from me. I read books. I think about my life. I think about greatest. I mean, in many ways, I sometimes refer to that week as the best week of work that I do. But it's really sort of forces me to think high level um, and longer term because it is really, really, really hard to think long term when you're stuck in the day to day. There's so much to do. So that that's how I like and then, I, you know, I, I go on the week. Nobody hears from me. I don't send email. I mean, I call my mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I call my girlfriend. Um, but but I, uh, I'm basically, like, in solitude. And then when I, the minute I come back, I schedule my next one. So that way I don't 
skip them. Yeah, see, that's the thing a lot of people don't do when they're when they're thinking about the, like those recharge moments. So this is, you know, I mean, and it's funny they don't do that for anything. That's it's funny when I do coaching, I, I always tell people, um, okay, book your next appointment as soon as you're done this one. Um, and I don't have the time to sit on and actually go through a calendar with them. I, you know, I'm sure you have a similar fashion where it's like, okay, here's a sketch. As you know, you had to you had to go through it to actually schedule. But the point yeah. is, is that, um, the, you know, I would say maybe thirty percent do it, which also tells me something, which is great because then I, yeah. you know, I can say, hey, okay, here you didn't do this, and this is probably part of your, thing, this yeah. is probably part of your thing. But yeah. I mean. I yesterday I had blood work done. I'm doing a uh, a 90 day uh, challenge that a doctor friend of mine because he knows one of my words is health for the year. One of my three words, which are kind of how I move, I guide all my choices around my th- those three words. They have to hit those criteria, and if they don't, then what are I the other two words? The other two words are harmony and helpfulness. So any of the th- projects I take on or any of my monthly themes are driven by if, if I like, so for example, we're in the month of, of May as we're recording this and I'm working on my, my productivity diet uh, program. And I, I wouldn't have made that a monthly focus if it didn't, you know, at least hit two of the three of the, of the, the yearly words. Well, yeah. it's definitely re- revolving around health uh, because it's teaching people to, you know, do, you know, do more in terms of depth than breadth, you know? Uh, it's definitely helpful and it's promoting harmony on a number of levels, both with my work and my life, as well as the the work and lives of others. So that was a no brainer. But this, this gentleman, this friend of mine, he's a doctor and he's like, Hey, I have this, this program for 90 days. Uh, you go on a whole foods, plant-based uh, diet. And I've done the whole 30 before. And I said, sure, no problem. Let's do it. And, um, you know, I, 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 I had my blood work done yesterday after the first 30 days. So we're going to, and that's what he does is he's actually taking care of the blood work for me. So I don't have to pay for it or any of that stuff, which is great. And so I went yeah. in, had the blood work done and you can automatically go online to book your next appointment. And you can do that up to an hour and a half before your next, you know, the next time you want to do it. Well, I asked her while I was getting, she's draining blood from my arm. I said, when, when can I go on and like, how far in advance can I book appointments? And she said, oh, you can book them up to six months in advance. So what did I do when I got home? After eating, of course, because it was a fasting thing and I don't want to, <laughs> I don't, I had a, but, you know, some blood taken. I want to get some, my blood sugar back up is I, uh, I went on and booked the next two appointments. And, yeah. and like people don't. How did you remember to do that? Did you write I ca- it down? I, ca- I capture. I capture relentlessly. Like so. So she says you do it online. And like, what was the next thing you did? I I uh, I pulled out my little uh, Baron Fig notebook from my pocket and my pen or pencil. I took a pencil with me that time because I was wearing shorts and not a pen, and I didn't want the pen. I'm always worried a pen that a pen will leak into my pants at some point because yeah. I keep them with me. And I just wrote down in – I use a, a a capture strategy called the daily map and I've got M, A, P, and S and columns at the top. And I wrote down the action, which is book June appointment and book July appointment. So those are two separate tasks to me, right? Because they are. I have to do two more. Yeah. And and it occurs put, to me that that's huge. Like I don't think yep. I have – I have. A, I think I basically have like a very bad memory I've decided. Um, you can use your mobile device too. Like, And, and I do – I'm like – constant like i've got a i've got one of the things i always recommend is um i've got this 
Captio on yep. my on my phone. It just like skips the steps. So I don't have to write myself an email. There's also one called Input that I use, uh, which I could have done as well. Um, it's it's basically a ter- a cloud terminal command that sends things to either Todoist or Asana. Uh, and I That's can send. Awesome. There's a bunch. Of, there's a bunch of different tools. It's, it's free yeah. for iOS. It's fantastic because you want. I didn't. I don't want to see all the stuff that I still have to do. Like you, I don't want right. to open up email. I don't want to look at my task app. I don't want to look at my calendar. I just want to know. What do I have to remember? I have to book my June appointment and my July appointment. And that's and then once that's out of my head, then my head is free to do the things it's meant to do, which is as I walk home, thinking about what I'm going to write about, thinking about, you know, like that kind of thing. So I think that you're right. A lot of people, they don't, they trust their memory too much. And I've always said your mind's meant to be a factory and not a warehouse. I mean, it's yeah. not good for that. So um, the fact that you come back and say, you know what? I mean, I wouldn't even surprise me. Do you even sometimes do it while you're still there? You're like, oh, I found this really cool place. Let me book this now before I leave. Like, because I mean, as long as you're doing it within that time frame, I think that's important. It's just the people who uh, get home and they're like, that was a great vacation. I can't wait until I take vacation next year and I'll figure out where I'm going to book, you know, six, seven, eight months from now. No, like even if you can't afford it, get it, get it out of your head. And say and set that goal. Say, okay, you know what? I want to book this in even two months from now. I want to set a reminder to do that. But most people they trust right. the, they trust their brains too much, and that's your brain isn't great for that. I think that's basically right. I stopped trusting my brain. I don't think my brain. I know my brain isn't good at that. So I'm very. I mean, I sometimes I describe it as I'm a like I said I'm into like this weird stuff, but I'm I'm a very big Harry Potter fan too. And in Harry Potter, uh, there's this basically this thing where one of the wizards Dumbledore takes like his memories and puts them, it takes them literally like with his wand out of his brain and like puts him, puts them in this, um, it's called the pensive, but it's like a store sort of memories. But I actually think of everything I do like sort of dramatically like that. Mm-hmm. Every single thing that comes in my, comes into me that I have to do or do something about, I like have to put somewhere else and then I leave myself, it's either in a notebook or it's in my email. And then I put all of that into this, you know, I call what I call my master planner, mm-hmm. which is my like to-do list slash schedule and agenda for every single day. And if it's not in there, it won't get done. Yep. And if it's in any of the other places, it all goes there, you know? So uh, I want to ask you this because I think this lends itself nicely. Do you journal? I do. I do journal. I I don't journal probably enough. So I take copious notes on every single meeting that Mm -hmm. I have ever. Um, And I actually have been doing now doing it now for four plus years. And that's all goes into my master planner. And then I actually move it every month to like, basically what ends up being just an archive of all my notes from all my meetings always. And it's sort of like my digital brain. Um, and sort of memory source. And in that, I actually do basically write about it, right? Mm Here's how I'm feeling, and here's how I felt about that meeting. And so that sort of ends up being journal-ish. And then every time I go away on my vacation, uh, I tend to do some journaling. And then I I carry constantly around my notebook. And in my notebook, I actually do quite a lot of writing too. I'm a real like oral thinker. So I sometimes just need people to sort of talk things out with me right and um when i don't have someone i'll sometimes use like you know i'll write it down basically 
and you're a paper planner guy. You got digital, obviously. You're using email, but you use paper for a lot of like your planning. Like you've got a, is it a physical paper planner? Do you use like, are you kind of a hybrid? I mean, I would say I'm more of a hybrid too. I use paper. Like right now, I'm taking notes for this podcast on the piece of paper and like on my, in my notebook next to me. Yeah. Um, but then I will either, sometimes I'll scan them right into Evernote or some, and then uh, same thing with, the, like I said, those two tasks um, that I wrote down on paper. Yeah. If if they if I don't do them when I when when I get home right away when I process my notebook if I decide at the time to do those tasks I'll I'll just cross them off but if I decide that you know what I'm going to do them tomorrow I'll move them to my digital like do you have that kind of process going on as well Basically I mean I definitely have a hybrid I, I my my notebook is more like where I dump everything into Right and then I use my master planner, which is digital. It's mm-hmm. just a big Google doc. I actually wrote about it for Lifehacker once. Um, we'll get that I, in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, I, I write um, that master planner is sort of my, literally my control panel. And I try to use email as just yet another tool, not ever as my like to-do list. And so that's I mean, that's been a big shift. I mean, probably the biggest recent shifts for me, I mean, I used to literally teach a class on uh, sort of email inbox optimization Mm -hmm. to every new person who started here at Greatest. But probably the biggest thing recently that's made the biggest difference for me is, is simplifying my notifications. I deleted Twitter and Facebook from my phone. I removed it so that I, I basically don't see new emails unless I actively want to. And that's been huge for me. I just try to turn every notification off so it's all me. It's all like, you know, pull instead of push. That's really, I think, been extremely, extremely important for me. And, and you know, like everyone else, I'm very busy, of course. But I, I tend to have no problem keeping up with everything as long as I'm doing things like the way I know I can do the best. Like I have, I don't know, five emails in my email inbox right now, you know, and I normally have that. It's being intentional. It's being, I mean, I, I'm a big believer in, you know, have as many tools as you need, but as few as you, as you, as as many tools as you want, but as few as you need, you know, I mean, if you've got, I mean, I use my email inbox uh, and I'm okay. I've become, I've turned the corner a bit on snoozing emails. I used to be, you know, very adamant, like, nope, you can't do it. And now I've got a bit more flexibility there for me. I still don't like to do it. I still like to, if it's some email I'm not going to deal with, I will move it to my, you know, my master kind of planner that what I do in Todoist or Asana, depending on what tool I'm using. But again, I use Todoist for my personal stuff and my stuff that the team doesn't need to know about. And then I use Asana for team-based stuff. So, right. I mean, I think if you have the right intention and then you're consistent about it, then you're removing that doubt. And that doubt is where we get stuck. It's like, where is this thing? How do I do this? If you keep this process going, and it and I, it, it's funny, I think that, again, this, this lends itself nicely to the idea of being a greatest or being a productivityist, yeah. is that if you're consistent with that stuff, then you can expect better results by doing that. If you're moving all over the place and not being intentional with it, then you're going to run into roadblocks again and again and again. Yeah, and I think it's like about constant, and this relates to being a greatest, right? So we don't think of our, we're not a health and fitness site. Yet the topics that we cover are such a broad range. It's really about just living a better life. And our audience is really just millennials or any generation who wants to get better 
but is actively working to improve. And I think of productivity the same way. I literally am constantly thinking, is this the best way for me to do this task? How can I improve this process? And I actually think that in many ways makes me exponentially more productive than almost anybody I know. Like my schedule, so I I really literally plan all my days out and I have different chunks of time for, like I mentioned, meetings, work, task time, inbox, inbox hero when I'm, when I'm doing my inbox. And every part of the day, what I have sort of planned out the week and how each week goes. And then every probably two, three months, I change it, right? Mm-hmm. I update it. I'm like, uh, you know, I want to go to sleep a little earlier so I can wake up a little earlier. So I'm going to move this to here and that to here. I find that I, people want to have meetings with me in the morning and I'm tired of telling them, no, I can't. So that means I need to be able to do more before those meetings and have a meeting slot for those meetings. Yeah. So- and you and you've got and you've got to create those boundaries so that they're they're automated to a point. They're either automated by the services you use, like the scheduling programs that we use that people just can't, yeah. so you don't have to say no, or they have to be automated by the fact that you've done it so many times that your brain just knows immediately. Like again, I theme my day, so today is writing day. So yeah. you and I are the only thing that I'm doing today is talking to you. Beyond yeah. that, I have no other appointments scheduled. Why? Because it's writing day. Totally. And, and if I did have other appointments, that's yeah. fine. But when you and I are done talking, I'm not going to go, okay, well, what do I do now? I, my brain goes, it's Tuesday. It's writing day. Yeah, you know, that's totally. what I'm going to do. And, and I think that – so, I mean, it's it's funny. I, what yeah, I, I mean, I'm not, I've tried that, by the way, so many times. I'm so I'm, – I'm, it's so effective that I have never really been able to stick with it because well you've got you've got a lot more moving parts than I do I would imagine maybe yeah I mean you know I do think also another part of this is that there's a real sorry this is sort of an aside from mm-hmm. what I think is a very cool way of approaching this um, so I tend now I tend to do like chunks of time within the weeks but whatever like I actually think a lot of this is about control. Mm-hmm. I am not a control freak in, in like any like real sense of the word, but I do find that too many people are willing to cede control to these platforms. Mm-hmm. There is this, I, and I, if I am in control of my email inbox, then I don't, I'm not like getting emails. I, I get to get emails. No, like, you go, you I, go in with missions rather than questions. Yeah, and, and I think all of these things are like a very much about if I'm constantly being peppered by people who want my attention, right? Like the nightmare is your email inbox is a to-do list. I don't remember who said this, but it's so true. A to-do list in which anyone can put anything they want at the top. Mm-hmm. That's super messed up. But if you don't think of your email inbox as a to-do list – and you've set up your filters and every single process and are only checking at certain times of the day, it's amazing how much more effective you can be. And so I think of this for everything. I think of it as meetings. Like I am in control. If I want to say this meetings, these one-on-ones that I'm having on Monday, I'm meeting them. I'm moving them all to Tuesday. I can. And again, I'm probably it's a little unfair because I'm like kind of the boss, so I can kind of do what I want. But I'm unafraid to actively try and shift and move things in a way that I think will be better. So I think that like actively trying to wrest control back from these platforms that can sort of own your life or from other people who may not actively be thinking about this is a real key part of this. Well, and I think one of the big things, too, is that, you know, I mean, if you don't try it, you'll never know. 
You know, I mean, like I've told people, like, set a boundary and start small, you know, like maybe you block yourself out. And Graham Alcott and I talked about this when he was on the show, but he said, you know, like block off a period of time and call it like Project Neptune. That's what he said. You like make it like so people go, oh, that must be important. You know, I do the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and I think that, I mean, when I talk about the idea of time theming, which uh, like the, the I do daily theming, but I also have what I call horizontal theming, which is, again, blocking out. Uh, an extended period of time across not the calendar but the clock so the calendar for me is monday through sunday and the reason i do that is because every day of the week if i give it a a, a label or an identifier then my brain doesn't go oh it's sunday sunday oh it's the weekend i can do whatever the hell i want no sunday's my planning day so that's what that is saturday's family day etc etc but the horizontal theming what that does is okay from you know uh two till five uh, in the afternoon, because I'm on the West Coast, and I'm more of a, um, I'm I'm more of an evening person, I'm more of a night owl than a morning person. So, for example, uh, I know my East Coast uh, folks, like you're on you're on the East Coast, they're done work by five, so there will be very few coaching clients from five o'clock onward. Uh, on people are done with work by five. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Well, some people, some people are going to be most of the most of my clients will be done work by five, so they don't they don't want necessarily be coached at that point in time. So I figured out, okay, you know what, from two thirty to 4.30 my time uh, from Monday to Monday across the board to Friday is writing time, like period. So, I, But it's more specific. So in this case, I'm working on the productivity diet like we talked about earlier. So those that means I'm getting 10 hours solid per week. And I mean, that goes to the adage of, you know, if you're a writer and you wait for the muse, you're going to be waiting a long time. Like, you know, you have to, if you give your brain these triggers to go to, because your brain, like we talked about earlier, it can't remember everything you have to do or want to do, or need to do. It can't remember those things. It only knows what comes to mind at that time. And if you can trigger it, like you said, with your own system, which I, I honestly truly believe that's why a lot of people are going back to paper, because speaking of control, like there's no notifications coming to you on a paper planner. There are no, you know, it's not going to crash on you. Uh, whereas email, like you said, it's other people's agendas. It's the other right. people's stuff. And I often get the argument, and I mean it's it's valid to a point, but I think it's often used as a crutch rather than a than a concern. Is yeah. is well, I sent the email, so it's my agenda item. Well, it was your agenda item when you sent the email. Now, when they respond, I mean it's not you're you're not having it's not an improv show. It's not a call and response. I mean, if they waited two days to get back to you. When you go into email, let's say it's the second thing in the morning you do or whatever, then you, and you see it there, you get to make a choice. It's you right. do get to make that choice. It's not Always. about you know. It's not about I, I have no choice. You we all choose to do. I mean, I chose to left leave Costco. You know, over ten years ago, I could have stayed. I had dinner with a friend the other night. And she's been with Costco since since bef- around the same time I was there, and it was and she's a warehouse manager and she's you know she's doing really well. And I left, and I'm doing really well. So, I mean, we all have these choices to make. It's how we – it's what we decide to do at in those moments as well as, you know, what those moments make up that right. really can shape whether or not, you know, how we how we move things forward in, in our work and in our lives. Derek, this has been awesome. This has been uh, – I think we definitely have to have you back on the show to talk about some more of the, the cool things that, we, that, that, that you do because at 28 years old, right – that's where you're at that's, right now, right? That's busted, yeah. <laughs> uh, got got to get got to get the full bio out there. You are <laughs> you have really built quite quite something in the fi- you know, it, greatest is I I highly encourage people to go check it out because there's something 
deep for I mean if you have questions if you want to look at you know uh, you know things range from you know living to work to to you know to to fitness to what you should eat um you know and different questions about that I mean there's so much there and it's so well put together and I'm a big believer in like sites like you know Farnham Street and James Clear's stuff and anything that really dives deep into something um, or makes you think about something like Seth Godin does in a few short words he can make you think about something for hours uh, greatest accomplishes that as well I would put greatest on that level as well so thanks Thank so you. much for, thanks so much for putting that out there and thanks for joining me today on the show Derek where can people find you on uh, if they want to find you without sending you an email because you know unless they know when the block is then they'll have to really gear that around but where can people find you oh yeah well they're very welcome to send me emails I, I handle them pretty well uh, but yeah I, I'm really accessible I mean I'm just the Derek uh, D-E-R-E-K on Twitter uh, I really am just Derek at greatest. Anyone can email me there and, uh, I'm always happy to help and, and, and connect with other folks who are trying to be better that my mission in life is to help people, you know, think about that in a healthier way. And I think this is productivity is a underrated part of living a better, more intentional life. And so anyway, I'm thrilled to be here. Happy to help and, and appreciate this big time. Mike, thanks. Thanks for joining me again, Derek. You bet. Big thanks to Derek Flansreich for joining me this week on the podcast. I had a lot of fun chatting with him, and I know we're going to have him back on the show very, very soon. There is some additional content for Patreon supporters. If you are a Patreon supporter and you support the show for as little as you can per month or as much as you can per month or somewhere in between, you will get additional content. You will get uh, some bonus offers. You will become a me- you'll be able to become a member of our exclusive Slack community where you get direct access to me. Just head over to patreon.com slash productivityist and you can make that happen today. If you can't do that or aren't willing to do that, that's cool. I would just love to hear from you if you enjoyed the show. The best way to do that, leave a rating or review in iTunes or your podcast aggregator of choice. And before I go, I want to give a special shout out to the show producer, John Polstra. Thanks so much for all the work you do. I really appreciate it. You make me sound better than I ever possibly could every single week. That's it for this week's episode. I'll be back next week with a shiny new episode. Until then, I'm Mike Vardy, host of the Productivityist podcast and founder of Productivityist, reminding you to stop guessing and start going.